Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from their front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to another Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. And today, episode 14 we're doing today. Can you believe we're 14 episodes in? Yeah, now we're just ticking along. And it's Christmas time as well, so after me, ready? Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. There suck. we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I ever got to you to do that. Uh-huh. And then you do it live on a podcast. For the world. Can't believe it. So chuffed. I'm going to save that now forever. <laughs> so episode 14, we are going to do this episode on Bigfoot. And we're not talking about Bryce. No, that's he's got hobbit feet. <laughs> he has got hobbit feet. Frodo well. feet. So we've got quite a few stories for you. And we're also going to do some shout outs today as well, as I promised on the last episode. All right, okay. So, anyway, do you want to start off with the Bigfoot stuff? The lush, seemingly benign woods of the Pacific Northwest abound with myths, quasi-tragic histories, tucked away lichen, hallucinogenic mushrooms, endangered animals, and wild men. They also set an unwitting and shadowy stage, perhaps appropriately, for one of the great dramas of the esoteric Bigfoot. Should have had a drum roll there. Sorry. With the appearance of a shaky 24 feet of film strip in 1967, Bigfoot stepped into the limelight out from centuries of Native American myth, unsubstantiated yarns, and mysterious footprints. Ever since this footage, the so-called Patterson-Gimlin film, the Bigfoot has fiercely entertained, spooked, and howled through popular consciousness, becoming as potent of an icon of the region as the spotted owl, or grunge music for that matter. Grunge music and Bigfoot. They go together pretty well. Can you imagine uh, Bigfoot getting down to some grunge music? (laughs) With an owl on his shoulder? (laughs) No. (laughs) There are those, however, who take the beast very seriously. They claim that until the Patterson-Gimlin film is satisfactorily debunked or the hundreds of other sightings they have under their belts reasonably explained, then they're going to keep conducting the earnest fieldwork that is the backbone of organizations such as the BFRO, that is the Bigfoot Research Organization. Or oh, oh, the Bifro. It sounds like Bifro. the... Bifro. It sounds like the Bigfoot <laughs> Afro. <laughs> Bigfoot with an Afro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's why he's walking like that on the Patterson tapes. He's actually strutting, <laughs> wasn't he? To these people, the mainstream conception of the Sasquatch as being folklore or farce is a source of great and indignant offense, and it is their modus operandi to prove all of the rest of us wrong with diligent scientific research of their golden calf of a cryptid, the Bigfoot. I wonder why they call him the Bigfoot instead of just Bigfoot. Well, because Bigfoot is the monster truck. Oh, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. It's got four freaking wheels, and it's called a foot? No, I think it's, it's the same way as they call it the Yeti, haven't they? They call something the yeti or a yeti rather than just yeti it's not like his name's frank Mm, okay but it just makes it sound like there's only one bigfoot true true to those of us who believe in him the bigfoot is a completely real albeit elusive creature of unknown survival economy native to the woods of northern california the pacific northwest and western canada he is six and a half to eight feet tall covered in reddish-brown or black hair with large human-like feet and a significantly foul odor. 
So why don't they just leave him there? Anyway, who's been close enough to smell it? Well, lots of people, apparently. Oh, okay. But this is not the beast I am interested in. No, there exists a stranger, even more profoundly conspiracist conception of the Bigfoot. The psychic Sasquatch, a paranormal, interdimensional creature. Hmm. As you might imagine, this causes a huge rift within the already fractured Bigfoot community. Those who support the thesis of a paranormal Bigfoot are profoundly marginalized, barred from discourse, and generally scorned in much the same way, for example, the scientific mainstream, popular consciousness, you know, normal people, scoffs at the very existence of a hairy woodland ape. This begs the question, of course, can we imagine that an as-yet-unknown normality is scoffing at us? Above all, it's simply a question of perspective, of the tools and methodologies available to you. Can the normal be more normal, the crazy, crazier? Oh yes, it can be crazier, can it? I mean, uh, Trump is the president. That's- yeah, 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 that's like the benchmark for crazy now. Yeah, right? <laughs> Before we delve too deeply into the philosophical nuances raised by this divided community, we should perhaps discuss the psychic Sasquatch. There are several models, of course, but they all share some central precepts. The Bigfoot is of greater than human intelligence. That's why he lives in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) And endowed with an acute psychic ability. I swear to God, if that had... I'm when you thinking said in doubt. I'm going, yeah, when no. you said in doubt, then I was, <laughs> where's she going with this? Big what? <laughs> he is elusive, not because of his scarcity or well documented ability to hide away in the woods. He is elusive because he has the capacity to dematerialize, to pass through wormholes from the dimension to any other parallel dimension. Furthermore, and perhaps most outrageously, really? He is in cahoots with friendly extraterrestrials or UFOs. The UFOs serve as scouts, protecting the interdimensional Bigfoot from leering human eyes. Furthermore, according to the telepathic fieldwork conducted by one of the theory's most vocal proponents, Jack Lepsidris, sounds too much like... (laughs) (laughs) Sounds too much like Jack Lepsidris. (laughs) You were thinking it, come on. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Mr. Jack Clip. The Bigfoot race was brought to Earth by their friends, the star people, long before we ever came around. It's beyond amazing to explain the belief in something as dubious and marginal as the Bigfoot. Lepsiteris and his colleagues port in something even more highly contested and generally laughed off, UFOs. The evidence for these claims... Telepathic communications, alleged hundreds of joint Bigfoot UFO sightings going back over a hundred years, and surprisingly, theoretical physics. According to paranormal Bigfoot researcher John Eric Beckyard, the work of respected physicists like Albert Einstein can be used quite convincingly to explain the Bigfoot's tendency to slip from one dimension to another, with or without the help of his extraterrestrial buddies. When scientists talk about the potential for long-distance space travel in our future, or when they discuss the remote possibility of alien life visiting Earth, they often throw around the concept of wormholes. 
a purely theoretical construct gleefully exploited in science fiction films, a Schwarzschild wormhole, or Einstein-Rosenbridge, is a hypothetical connection between widely separated regions of space-time. It will pinch off instantly as soon as it forms, preventing even light from making it through. However, if we postulate that a Schwarzschild wormhole could be held open by a grip of exotic matter, which is another theoretical construct, then a transferable wormhole is possible, allowing faster-than-light travel through space-time. Theoretically, then, ships could cross great distances across universes in such a way. I hesitate to say UFO because it instantly demotes me to a different level, but that's the idea. So, quoth Beckyard, If UFOs can do this, why not people, missing ships and planes, and hairy humanoids? Taking the concept to town... Beckyard proposes that there are thousands, even millions of wormholes twisting and crackling all over the earth, sending and receiving, taking and returning over and over. In this worldview, wormholes shuffle Bigfoots from one continent to another, which explains the existence of the Yeti, um, which is also known as Yahweh, Bunyip, and Skunk Ape. Is that right? And yeah, yeah. The Australian school call it Yowie. Yeah. Right on then. Shoot people through time and space. Account for the lost sock phenomenon. I hate that. There's always they do go missing, don't they? So, well, that's what's happening then. They they go into another universe. <laughs> They're like that it. does not. Exp- I'm sorry, that does not explain the lost sock phenomenon. Yeah, I, I went like that and I pinched a wormhole and tossed it through and now well if if that was the case why is it that it's just socks that go through the wormhole in the house is it though well that you, that's that's what people tend to miss isn't it you know they tend to lose a sock i tell you what it is every time i see a sock with a hole in it i throw it in the fucking bin well you don't only throw it in a bin you destroy it and rip it to shreds and then give it back to me so then I can throw it in the bin. Yeah, because I don't like seeing socks with holes in them. <laughs> Me neither, but I don't see them. My shoe's on it. All right. And have something to do with both orgasms. Yep, that's what it says. <laughs> and the Satori or Zen state. Wait there. A wormhole has something to do with orgasms. I don't know. It may have something to do with worms' orgasms. <laughs> do worms have orgasms? Well, if, if worms have even... a hole... How... <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's just got it. The penny just dropped. A wormhole? That has something to do with a worm's orgasms. But not ours. I'm sorry. How do worms do it? I don't know. Me neither. And we're talking about hairy humanoids. So yeah. do you know Bigfoot? Do you remember, did they show um, the uh, Harry and the Hendersons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I knew, do you know what? I knew when we said we were going to do Bigfoot that one of us was going to mention Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> that was such most a funny movie. Show, most of the people listening probably never even heard of Harry and the Hendersons. Well, if you haven't, then get it. Go and find it. It's awesome. So, I mean, I was hoping that we were just going to get a little introduction there into Bigfoot and maybe the Patterson Gimlin tapes and what have you. But instead, We've now gone on to the whole idea, the whole premise that Bigfoot is actually an interdimensional being that is traveling for some reason to our time. So let's let's entertain that idea for a second. Maybe he goes in the woods and he's like an explorer in the woods so that he can check and see 
you know how the planet is doing well that's what i was going to say let's let's uh, let's get some kind of idea as to what he's actually doing he's obviously not trying to interact with people because he would have gone to a city or something like that and if he's got the ability to go through wormholes some people say we've never found them because when they die they're just collected again and taken back to where they're from some people say that they can become invisible um if that was the case then they could walk through the city and no one would know yeah but don't you think apart from the smell yeah okay but don't you think just for a second that some sort of life civilization some alien sort of thing has the ability to go through wormholes and the best they can do is drop a six to eight foot hairy thing down into the woods i mean well maybe that's what they are though I mean, we could go to another planet, which is inhabited by, you know, five-inch little beings, okay? Oh, I'd want one for a pet. (laughs) And we could go there, land in their forest, and they could be saying, well, why the fuck are they sending five to six-foot people to here when they could have something small like us? The fact is, is that we don't have something small like them. And maybe Sasquatch doesn't have something that looks like us. So I can get that, but if they've conquered wormholes and all that kind of stuff then they've obviously got some kind of advanced technology this we said they've got ufos yeah, yeah well, maybe ufos they... that are coming through the wormholes so why haven't they got little robots that are coming out and doing whatever it is that they're here to do well i don't know that was my argument anyway the no, other no, thing is maybe they make them that way so they blend in but then you think it could be invisible like predator oh. that clicky thing you my know? brother can do that um clicky thing uh, but it reminds me of a super overgrown skunk-human hybrid because if they stink really bad, Well, that's then... why they call them a skunk ape. That's why one of the reasons is a skunk ape. Oh, man, I thought it was coming up with some awesome sort of... You freaking read it a minute I ago. I know, but I didn't... Okay, all right. Okay, here's um, something a little bit more light-hearted. So there's a plumber in Minneapolis who has been going out into the forest and doing these sort of shamanistic, ritualistic sort of practices, yeah? And he goes out dressed in a homemade suit of raccoon pelts in the woods of North Carolina. But unfortunately, a group of Bigfoot hunters came across him. (laughs) (laughs) So I've just showed Bella the picture Um, of this. Let me see. Okay. kind of cute well no it's not actually it looks like an ewok (laughs) a big ewok (laughs) so it says here uh a plumber from minneapolis who claims he has seen bigfoot was wearing a homemade suit of raccoon pelts in the woods of north carolina when a group of bigfoot hunters mistook him for the legendary beast gowan mcgregor 36 said he was alone friday night in mcdowell county northeast of Asheville when he donned his furry suit to perform a shamanistic ritual. So he says, This particular night, I heard some sounds and saw some lights, McGregor told the Post. Ding, 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 ten out of ten for effort. We were both startled, and rather than to say anything, I just turned around and swiftly went back to my tent and went to sleep. So (laughs) so he's he's now a sleeping Bigfoot in a tent, right? (laughs) They didn't communicate anything with me, and then I saw on the news that they reported seeing a Sasquatch, so I called the cops and gave them the deal. 
Game the deal. The deal rather than a deal. Yeah. <laughs> so that prompted John Bruner of Bigfoot 911 to post on the group's Facebook page that he'd spotted the beast during a search with his team, claiming that he saw details of the creature, including its face and hair, which was matted and stringy. Okay, and did you really just say Bigfoot 911? Well, that's a group of Bigfoot researchers, yes. And we can't take the piss out of them because they might be listening. Because well, they they're our target audience, people like that. Yeah, and maybe this, maybe the the Bigfoot alien thingies are going, <laughs> look, they're picking on us. They think we are about yay high with round heads and big eyes. They got it all wrong. We're just hairy, stinky things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've got absolutely no agenda whatsoever. <laughs> we just smell. So we decided to go out into the open and yeah. try and get some of that stink <laughs> off of us. Um, so he goes on to say the eyes were further apart than human eyes. Uh, Bruna wrote on the group's page, according to Charlotte's Observer. The funny thing is, is that the eyes actually were a mask for a real human who was underneath it in this case. <laughs> Police in Greenville, South Carolina, then issued a tongue-in-cheek warning on its Facebook page on Tuesday with a video from nearby Boone, North Carolina, of another possible Bigfoot sighting from 2015. I think we can say with some confidence that proof of Bigfoot still eludes us, the post read. If you see Bigfoot, please do not shoot him. See, that wouldn't happen in the UK. (laughs) You know, if there was a Bigfoot sighting in the UK, there would be, you know, please take care... Health and safety. Yes. You know, make sure you're wearing a high-vis jacket or something if you're going to go out there. In America, it's like, if you see him, don't shoot him. <laughs> that, do you know, that's one of the biggest fears of if the Allied governments, if you like, suddenly release information that aliens do exist. One of the big fears and concerns is, is that people will suddenly arm themselves, and if they see anything that they perceive might be an alien, they're just going to shoot the crap out of it. Wow. And that is actually a genuine fear they have, and, and that's because it's human nature, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I'm just thinking, you're saying that, that it's a serious concern, and yet mm. humans go out every day and hurt humans just because. Yeah, true. So he says, if you uh, see Bigfoot, please do not shoot at him or her. Uh, you'll most likely be wounding a fun-loving and well-intentioned person sweating in a gorilla costume. <laughs> but then there's the other side of the coin. What if it really is Bigfoot? McGregor, who claims he had Sasquatch encounters in three states, says he was wearing the suit more than five years and has seen people in wooded areas before, some of whom have asked him for pictures. So these people have actually gone up to what they think is Bigfoot and said, excuse me, can we take a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> um, never before have those encounters led to any type of confrontation or warnings, sarcastic or otherwise, from law enforcement agencies, he said. I said, hey, I'm just letting you know that the story in the news about Sasquatch was me. And just to set the record straight, I don't want any trouble, McGregor recalled of his discussion with the police. But I also don't want any misinformation out there. I'm not sure they took me too seriously. (laughs) No. McGregor said he's had encounters with Sasquatch, whom he characterises as angels of the forest. It's not something you think of when you think of an angel, is it? A eight-foot stinky... No, so now not only do we have hairy, stinky, six- to eight-foot tall furry things... They got freaking wings. I know Tinkerbell has not got anything to worry about, has she? No. She's going to win the, you know, the beauty pageants. Oh, my gosh. 
I've never communicated with him. I've only looked him in the eye, he said. So apparently this plumber is eight foot tall as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember in that podcast we did about the plumber who went around and took his friend and he was going to all the baseball stadiums and leaving? Yeah, his... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if... <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if that's the plumber? <laughs> yeah, same plumber, yeah. Yeah, he just wants to get in the news. I don't think Sasquatch is an animal. You have all these sightings and no one's been able to find a body. So you either have these encounters that aren't real or there's a supernatural explanation. Which leads us back to the whole, well, I guess the wormholes wouldn't be supernatural, would they? I wonder what Stephen Hawking thinks of Bigfoot. It's big and smells a lot. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Hawking, we're not we're not picking on you. Yeah, look, Stephen no, Hawking no. listens to this. He's going to be going pseudoscience bollocks, isn't he? Yeah, we're going to get papers in the mail soon. We're going to get served that he's trying to sue us because you're, you know. Mm. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, if you want to see what this plumber looks like in his in his raccoon pelt costume, then take a look. It's um, quite amusing. Before we move on to any more of our planned stories... What, you honestly believe we planned this shit? Well, you know. <laughs> no, we don't plan it at all. No, we just we just do it off the cuff. Anyway, in town, when I was working in a, a cafe, there was a couple that used to come in all the time. Now, we live in a really rinky-dink little place, don't we? So, for all I know, the guy might see it. But anyway, I went in, and a perfectly normal, nice couple... And he had a necklace on it. It was really neat looking. And, I, you know, it was reminded me of Scrimshaw, but it wasn't, right? But it had Bigfoot on it. So I said to him, I'm like, you know, where'd you get that? What's the, you know, what is it? Why do you wear it? And he said, because he believes in Bigfoot. And went into these discussions, obviously not as in-depth as this, but it was talking about why he believes in him and, that they've gone to several places in the States to kind of be a part of it and see what they could see. And so I asked him what he saw, and he said, nothing. <laughs> really? Nothing. It's pretty cool, though. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I, I my personal opinion is I don't give a shit what people believe, whether they believe in something, whether they don't believe in it. I really don't care. My only concern is they don't hurt people. They don't try and con people out of money or, or yeah. whatever by trying to prove that something's real or or trying to make money off of proving that something's real, let's just say. And the other thing is, is they don't force other people to believe. You mm-hmm. know, as long as, you know, like these cults and all that sort of stuff. If someone's just believing in it because they want to believe in it, then all power to them, you know? And, and anything that gets people off of the streets and out of the house and doing something that's active and physical. If you want to go out into the forest and look for these kind of things and you're safe and people know where you are and you've got a phone on you and other other means of raising alarm if there's a problem, then all well and good and I wish people all the best of luck. Well, one good thing is that if Bigfoot does exist, he's never hurt anyone, has he? There's never been a report of well, someone being torn to know. pieces. Is there? Well, I mean, if you look, there's a there's a book series out, and I forget who it was that that does it, and it'll come back to me in a, in a little bit, I'm sure. But the series is called Missing Four One One, 
And the, the, so there's a series of these books, um, and they're also doing a movie on it now as well. 411 is the information number on the phones back home. Push 411, it's like a um, telephone. You call them and ask for a number. Right, okay. But Missing 411 is, is this book series, and it's about people that go missing in national park areas. Okay, so, you know, like the um, Appalachian Mountains and all that sort of stuff are all, like, national mm. park areas, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Is, Yellowstone, they've done a whole series, I believe, on the Yellowstone area. But it's it's a logs of people that have gone missing. But they've not only gone missing, we'll have to do a show on it at some point because it's really, really interesting. But they've not just gone missing as in, okay, you know, never found again. There's been cases whereby they've... Someone's gone missing, but they've been found maybe four weeks later on the same track that all of the search parties had used to go and looking for them originally. So they obviously weren't there in the first place. They've had dogs looking for them as well. They've used that track loads of times to get in and out of the, you know, the area to try and look for these people. The dogs have gone past what where they would have been laying, and they find them like four weeks later in that spot. They've usually got no shoes on, and it, it's a common theme that they've never got shoes on. I remember us hearing a story, or you telling me about a story of a boy, a little boy that was, you know... We were listening to a podcast. It was on a podcast. Oh, right, yeah. And what happened was, is there, there's lots of them where kids have been involved, but a little boy was found something like... 15 20 miles away from where he was lost but up mountains yeah which this little toddler this little three-year-old boy could not have traversed those areas or wouldn't have especially because he would have been traveling in the dark so and he was supposedly he didn't have a whole lot of clothes on either no i mean warm coats or anything like that i mean so i appreciate what you're saying that we've got no stories that say directly that we've got in front of us i mean we haven't searched the internet for bigfoot you know murder or anything like that have we i mean there could be there could be stories to be honest with you i didn't come up with that sick thought (laughs) until now but maybe that whole missing 411 thing there's people that believe that maybe sasquatch has got something to do with that there has to be some third party involved in a lot of these missing 411 cases the missing four one one series, actually, by the way, is David Paulides is his name. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that yeah. name now. Yeah, I want to get the book, but they're like crazy expensive on Amazon and that. They're like, I don't you know, think they're even. Book. I don't think they're even on Amazon, to be honest with you. Well, they they have been because there's been individuals selling them. Well, I mean, like a Kindle. Yeah, yeah. I, I because I think we looked hmm. at some point. It's a run of the mill case. Man claims assailant vandalized his estate, requests assistance from law enforcement. Only the accused in this instance is Bigfoot, who has allegedly been wandering around a Michigan property for more than a decade, shape-shifting and eating pizza. What? Eating pizza? (laughs) Pizza. (laughs) Never mind the shape-shifting. It's just about the pizza. No, no, I just find it really weird that, you know, of all things, Bigfoot would be going after the pizza. Mm. Uh, well, that's what like E.T. E. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been married too long, haven't we? <laughs> On Saturday, a 52-year-old Breckenbridge, Michigan man came to the Midland Law Enforcement Center armed with evidence, including photo albums, empty food containers, dirt, and alleged 
Bigfoot scat. All right then, poopy. <laughs> that, that's can, can you turning up to a police station with <laughs> Bigfoot shit? And let me just tell you before you go any further, right? I've got to I've got to tell you this, right? I know I've told you this before, but I, I, this is a really good story. We are weird, wacky, wonderful stories podcast, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we are after stories from people as well. This is a really, really cool, quick story. My grandparents, when they're, they're gone now, unfortunately, but when they were around, they had uh, they lived in a, an area or a street where there was a lot of elderly people there. And my grandparents were obviously in the Second World War. You know, my um, grandfather was in the fire brigade and my nan was helping out, as a lot of the women did back then. Um and so, you know, they saw a lot of a lot of the blitz and all that sort of stuff. And and obviously so did a lot of the other people that, that were in their neighbourhood. Well, this one day a lady came over the road um from one of the other houses. Her husband had recently died, and she came over and she was clearing his stuff out and she said, I found something. She said, and I don't know what it is. So my grandfather went over and had a look, and sure enough, she opened this drawer in her bedroom. And in there was a hand grenade. Wonderful. An actual real Second World War hand grenade that she said that her husband had kept as a memento. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, this was a live hand grenade. Mm. Okay? My granddad looked at it and said, well, I think we need to phone the police and maybe get the bomb squad down here. So he phoned the police. This is in Cornwall in the, in the UK. Okay? So he called the police and the police... I don't know whether they thought you was winding them up or whatever, said, can you bring it down to us? Oh, yeah. Now, the police station that they had to take it to was probably a good 10 miles from where they are through these Cornish country lanes. Mm-hmm. So my granddad got in the car and my nan sat with this hand grenade in her lap to keep it you know, Still, protected yeah. from the vibrations of the car. Now, my nan used to shake like she was being electrocuted because she had, like, a Parkinson's type yeah. thing. Um, and so she's got this hand grenade, this live hand grenade between her legs. <laughs> they drove all the way to St. Austell to this police station. My grandfather walked in with this hand grenade held aloft, you know, and said, where do you want this? To which... All of the police officers dived behind <laughs> desks. <laughs> um, so they ended up calling the bomb squad down. The bomb squad took it and said that um, had it have gone off, it would have done the equivalent damage because of how the um, uh, the explosives within it will have sort of fermented over time and what Fermented, okay. It would have the power that this would have given off would have been equivalent to a World War II bomb that had been dropped from a plane had it have gone off. Really? And my grandfather said, I remember him saying, I've actually got a tape of this. I've actually got a tape of him, which was done because he was on the local news. Um, a tape of him saying, he said, well, to be honest, he said, it wasn't hot and it still had the pin in it. So I, I figured it was probably safe. And he was right. Mm. I mean, he knew his stuff from having been in the fire service during the war and all that sort of stuff. But can you imagine if health and safety, you know, would have gone nuts, wouldn't they? Had these oh, pensioners driving now. a live hand grenade <laughs> through the through the towns, crazy, that, wouldn't it? Yeah, that wouldn't happen now, and especially not in the UK. Yeah. So I guess B 
Bigfoot shit being brought into a police station, no matter how unpalatable, is still probably better than a hand grenade. Yeah, I'm glad you brought us back on topic because I forgot all about Bigfoot poop. (laughs) Right. So, as I was saying, on Saturday, a 52-year-old Breckenridge, Michigan man came to the Midland Law Enforcement Center armed with evidence, including photo albums, empty food containers, dirt, and alleged Bigfoot scat, to ask for help verifying the existence of the mythical creature, according to a report from the Midland County Sheriff's Office. The man, Anthony Perdilla, spoke to a sheriff's deputy explaining that he accidentally awoke the Bigfoot spirit by knocking branches against the trees to break them into smaller pieces. This began when he moved onto his 17-acre property in 1997, according to the incident report, which was sent to the Huffington Post. Padilla had a serious sighting seven years ago when he thought he saw a man in a ghillie suit hunting. But when they locked eyes, the being began to fade and turn into a mist. The mist reformed into a white-tailed deer and ran away into the woods, the report states. Though the existence of the hairy beast known as Bigfoot, Yeti, or Sasquatch has never been proven, many have tried. For years, Padilla has seen what he believes is evidence of Bigfoot, including his scat, dead animals, trees broken in specific ways, impressions in the snow, and food boxes rolled into shapes or folded into triangles. Deputy Thomas Anderson and Padilla asked that the food boxes and scat be tested for DNA. Well, that's pretty cool, really. That would be interesting. It would have been cool to find out, wouldn't it? He was kindly told that DNA processing is only used for serious crimes and that Bigfoot is not a suspect in any criminal activity. He was kindly told. I Uh, I bet he wasn't. I bet if you went into a police station and said, can I have a DNA test? I think this is Bigfoot. They'd have wouldn't probably tell you to kindly fuck off. They'd say, you know, I've got murders I'm dealing with here. I explained that scat would not contain DNA... And he was reminded that Michigan State Police won't process it. Padilla said he wanted the sheriff's office to verify his claims to help him win a $10 million cash prize. Well, there we go. Competitors on $10 million Bigfoot Bounty, a new reality television show, are being offered just that if they can find the creature. And Padilla potentially wishes to stake his own claim to that fortune. There have supposedly been at least three other Bigfoot sightings in Midland County, all in the 1970s, but the mythical beast isn't limited to Michigan. Bigfoot hunter Rick Dyer claims he killed a Bigfoot in San Antonio, Texas in 2012, and the reality show hunters are searching in the Pacific Northwest. So they're looking for the remains, I guess, of this... Mm. Unlike the Midland County Sheriff's Office, some do think DNA testing is just as useful for proving Bigfoot's existence as it is for solving serious crimes. Dyer said this month that extensive scientific testing, which he's not elected to share with the public, including its DNA, proved the beast he killed was the real deal. Oh, I am sorry, but I don't believe that. There's been a couple of uh, claims of people in the past that have said that they found evidence of either aliens or Bigfoot and they've had DNA tests and they've always come back to be something that we can explain. Hmm. Well, not in this one. Go on. It's Bigfoot and Bigfoot's here and I shot it and now I'm proving it to the world, Dyer said. But does Dyer know what cuisine Bigfoot prefers? 
Padilla does, Anthony believes Bigfoot is not ape, man, or a mammal at all, but a spiritual creature that can shapeshift. But when it takes form, it eats pizza and defecates, Anderson wrote in his report. Oh, so when it's not, when it's just its spiritual being, it doesn't have to defecate because it hasn't got a body. Mm. And it doesn't have to eat pizza. That's interesting. But when it turns into a deer, it goes and looks for pizza and then goes so to the bathroom. So what was the result of that DNA test then that you said? There's a different case, a different thing. And he says that he won't, he wasn't, he wasn't going to share the results with Ah, so the you public. can't say that it proves it and then say that you're not going to share the results because well, you ain't proving shit. Yeah, well, that's why... <laughs> shit, no pun intended. No, but that's why I said, oh, I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. That, that there would be proof. Not only would the person that did the DNA test be like, hello. What the, what the <laughs> fuck have I just found? Yeah. The thing is, the, the DNA test anyway wouldn't say, oh, yes, that's Sasquatch. It would say this is an unknown DNA sequence, wouldn't it? So anyway, sorry, that isn't actually um, a serious sort of well, sighting no, it's, either. It's worth, it's, worth, it's worth looking at. I mean, there are people that have believed that they've come across it. I mean, there's, there's tales and legends and stuff that have gone on for years and years. I remember that same granddad that I was telling you about earlier. I remember him down at one Christmas time and we were watching things on TV and The Legend of Boggy Creek came on. Have you ever seen that? No. So The Legend of Boggy Creek was a 1972 horror docudrama about the Fouke monster, the F-O-U-K-E monster. And that was a Bigfoot-type creature that was supposed to live in this sort of creek and forestry area in Arkansas. And it has been a legend that this creature has inhabited that area since the 50s. And lots of people have seen it and heard it and all that sort of stuff. And and this film was made on it. And in fact, the guy who made the film, his name was uh, Charles Pierce, he was actually an advertising salesman and he borrowed $100,000 from a local trucking company to make this film. And he just had a 35mm um, video camera and this £100,000 that he had got from this trucking company. And he made this this movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek. And there are people from the area that are talking about it, um, talking about the stories that they've heard and the things that they've seen. And then they also have employed actors and, and somebody in like a Sasquatch-type suit to, to act Recreation. Yeah, to, to sort of recreate um, some of the things that went on. And some of them, I think, are fictitious. I think he had a little bit of artistic license in there. But that movie, believe it or not, over the years, has made over $25 million from that $100,000 stake. That's not a bad return at all, is no, it? No, it's not. And um, But that is really worth watching. It scared the piss out of me when I was young, and I had nightmares for it, about it for ages. But it was a really, really good movie. But um, So, yeah, there are these theories and, and these stories that go back a lot further than the likes of that gentleman that you just mentioned with his, um, you know, walking into the police station with Bigfoot shit and, you know, asking for a DNA test. Um, I wonder why he didn't actually make an appeal to people. I mean, if he had enough, you know, balls to go into a police department and make this complaint or whatever, 
you know, he could have asked other people, hey, come on, let's all uh, donate some money. Do so you know we what? I think that that. Get this test done. I think that kind of thing is going to be, you know, this whole crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, yeah. Yeah. So you've got Kickstarter and you've got um, GoFundMe and all of these types of things. That is how a lot of these things are going to be done in the future. You know, I think that a lot of these tests and experiments and everything are going to be done by getting like-minded people, like the kind of people that listen to our podcast and like us, who are genuinely interested in this kind of thing to actually crowdfund, get some money together and do some serious scientific research. And I think that's what it needs because mainstream scientists are not interested in this. It doesn't it doesn't give them what they need to, to get in scientific journals and, yeah, and what have you. No. But I tell you what, the person who does make a breakthrough in this kind of thing will, you know, they'll hail a whole new beginning for science, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe we should go and start a page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Bigfoot trap actually built. I don't know if you know this. It was built in the Siskiyou National Forest in the southern part of Jackson County in Oregon. Um, which is just a few miles from the California state border. Uh, And it was designed to catch a uh, Sasquatch or Bigfoot. It's a big wooden box, 10 feet by 10 feet, made of 2 by 12 planks bound together by heavy metal bands and secured to the ground by telephone poles. I wonder if they stuck pizza in it as bait. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Domino's would deliver there. (laughs) So a forest special service um, use permit was issued for its construction, um, but the door has actually been bolted open since 1980, and the reason for that is because it's now a tourist attraction. Mm. You can actually now go and visit a Bigfoot trap. Bigfoot probably jumps in there and goes, Neener, 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 you can't catch me because the door's bolted. (laughs) Open. It's bolted open. Yeah, bolted open. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) There are some really crazy conspiracy theories and ideas around Bigfoot, and they call these conspiracy theories. I don't necessarily think they're conspiracy theories so everything we've been talking about isn't crazy well check this out dna test proved that bigfoot is a part human hybrid and deserves u.s citizenship awesome texas veterinarian (laughs) melba s ketchum claimed last november to have proved via sasquatch dna sample that the legendary apes are partially human she even went so far as to insist that the government recognize them as indigenous people and immediately protect their human and constitutional rights yeah it worked out fucking great for the indians didn't it uh, yeah um the second one here the government secretly removed burnt sasquatch corpses from mount st helens after the 1980 eruption Yeah, apparently Bigfoot was there too. (laughs) Following the disaster, a few witnesses reported seeing federal helicopters carrying off the charred remains of several Sasquatches from the area. Prior to the eruption, Mount St. Helens had already been a hotspot for the supposed ape-men sighting since the 20s. And in fact, so many of these stories were recorded that a nearby gorge was eventually named Ape Canyon. This is the problem, I think, with stories or myths or or whatever it's almost like they deliberately take the piss out of the people that make the claims because this is a veterinarian right she's got this dna that proves that it's half human half Mm -hmm. ape or whatever well doesn't she have other veterinarian friends isn't there anybody in this woman's sort of circle who would look at that and go oh i think you're right let's 
Well, ironically, I said that this is this page I'm reading, by the way, is 11 um, conspiracies around Bigfoot or conspiracy theories around Bigfoot. And it actually doesn't say anything else about her then. It just says she went so far as to insist that the government recognise them as indigenous people, etc., etc. It didn't actually say anything about the fact that she didn't prove it. Well, I know it hasn't. It hasn't disproved anything. It hasn't debunked anything that she said in this particular article. So it may warrant some further investigation from us. Okay, but of all of the, I mean, they 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 investigate everything today, don't they? You get people. Oh, we discovered this new fish that's way under the sea and it's never been seen before. Nothing, and they get all these pictures. They get through all that just to go all that way down there to find this fish, but nobody has said, "Hey." I'm a, I don't know what it would be called, you know, give me that, let me see that. Anthropologist or something. Yeah, let me see that, because maybe maybe it is true, but it doesn't seem to... Well, that's exactly what I was saying, it's the whole mainstream science thing. Isn't prepared to look outside of its little box. You know, we were watching that Blue Planet thing the other day with David Attenborough, Blue Planet Mm -hmm. 2, and it was saying that they went a couple of miles down in, in the deepest part of the ocean, and they found life. And the pressure is so great there that they said that there was nothing that could ever live in that area of the sea. But and yet they does. went down there and something does. So science was taught a lesson again, you know, and now all of a sudden they're going, crap, things like that can exist down there. So we need to now expand our experiments to take into account that these things do exist. And until someone comes along and is able to prove that Sasquatch exists, that aliens exist, that ghosts exist, that all of these things that we're constantly talking about exist, science is just going to go, nah, don't believe you. Yeah, And it's a shame because it's the scientists who would have the ability and the technical know-how to prove these things if they actually gave a shit. Well, but we really don't know how much the government's know about aliens or... I mean, for all we know, they've got, you know, Sasquatches you know, in some bunker under the ground and they're trying to figure out what the hell they are. I mean, we don't know, do we? No, no. And, and you know, you could go on and talk about the whole black ops thing for ages, couldn't you, about the different technology that they may have. And we know that they had psyops teams, you know, during the Cold War that were looking into, you know, remote viewing and everything. So maybe they do. But I'm on about mainstream science. I'm on about the science that we yeah. we all have the... The ability to read in Science and Nature magazine, for instance. Wouldn't that anyway, be let awesome? me get back onto my conspiracy theories. Okay, okay. So it says here, number three, Bigfoot is really a caveman. In 2007, Vancouver Island resident Robert Wilson claimed to have seen what I thought was a bear. I drove down and saw I could only describe him as a large, hairy man who looked like a caveman, like with a sort of Neanderthal features, as big as a bear, easily. Expanding on his claim, a 2011 History Channel documentary proposed that the Sasquatch might not be a giant ape at all, but could be a species of prehistoric human. Number four, Bigfoot is really an alien. Two conspiracies for the price of one. In 1973, Pennsylvanian UFO researcher Stan Gordon noticed an increase in sightings of Sasquatches entering and exiting the extraterrestrial vessels. Fascinated by the possibility that the mysterious primates may actually hail from another planet, Gordon quickly set up a UFO Bigfoot hotline. Mm. And that still actually runs today. Bigfoot is a giant ground sloth. 
<laughs> While most experts believe the Sasquatch to be some form of shaggy primate, a few have opined that these beasts are actually surviving giant ground sloths. Well, maybe that's why they never seem to rush anywhere, do they? The Bigfoot. It just kind of goes... Dum, dinum, dinum, dinum. Um, yeah, they've got that on their iPod as they're walking <laughs> along. Um, this is my favourite one. Sasquatches occasionally sodomise domestic cows. Moo fucking moo. Think about that next time you're having your milk on your cornflakes. Animal-on-animal bestiality is far from uncommon. Accordingly, more than a few farmers claim to have witnessed male big feet, which is the plural of Bigfoot, I'll have you know, mm-hmm. getting intimate with some unfortunate bovines. Right. You they try, witnessed it. Yeah, you try and walking into the police station and selling them that. They witnessed it. I wonder when that was, because like everybody has a freaking phone connected to their hand these uh, days. Why wouldn't I be like, hold on a minute. Can you <laughs> imagine though? cow porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say that I never really thought that I would talk about anything, having sex with a cow other than another cow. Did you believe Sasquatches appear in the Bible? A few modern creationists have argued that the giants briefly mentioned in the book of Genesis were actually early big feet. 10% of Sasquatches might be gay. Apparently there aren't enough straight cows around. (laughs) Cryptozoologists Lauren Coleman recalls having once lightheartedly wondered aloud if 10% of the Bigfoot population matching the figures that we have on Homo sapiens might be gay. Days later, he was shocked to discover that a slew of angry emails denouncing him for calling Bigfoot a homosexual. And what's wrong with if he was? That would explain why there aren't that many of them. Yeah, Sasquatches bury their dead. One of the most jarring questions for cryptozoologists is, if Sasquatches are real, why don't we ever find their bodies? Many believers argue that not unlike modern elephants, the elusive apes actually bury their dead. Number 10, the government captured a live Sasquatch in 1999. Well, there you go. In 1999, a number of simultaneous fires ravaged Battle Mountain, Nevada. An injured Bigfoot was supposedly spotted in the carnage before being whisked away by government officials for treatment. A brief summary of the alleged event is available here. So this, I'm going to put links to this, by the way, this page. And there are everything that I've mentioned so far, there's links where you can go and get extra stuff number 11 bigfoot calls might have been documented and can be easily mimicked believers feel that bigfoot calls are diverse and distinctive and evidenced in animal planets finding bigfoot series i'm sorry but if you can't even find the damn thing how you gonna hear it yeah well let's have a look at this a second That's actually a person calling for Bigfoot. Or a cow getting it from a Bigfoot. What? I sounded like something to do with puberty there. (laughs) Anyway, there's that video on, on that site that you can go and actually watch that if you wanted to. But yeah, that did sound like a cow getting it from behind, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you know how they say that the size of a man's foot is, you know, indicative of his shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder that would be interesting. I, not that I would want one. I'm just saying. Not that you'd want one. What a big foot. A big foot penis. <laughs> 
we are not going to end this show <laughs> on you talking about wanting a Bigfoot penis. I don't want one. I was just wondering if there is a correlation between the size of a Bigfoot's foot to his private. <laughs> You've gone so red. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Are you on, we're not renting Boggy Creek for you, the legend of Boggy Creek, right? You're not seeing that now. I'll just find it myself. <laughs> Moving on from your Sasquatch penis talk, <laughs> everything that we do, no matter what the subject, turns into some kind of pornographic thing in the end. I don't know why. It's, it's the influence of you, that's what it is. Oh, right, yeah, it's, it's all down, my fault. Because you. You, you were in no way corrupted before I met you. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on to... Um, th- people are actually listening to, to our pornographic... That's pretty scary. It is. We've got some shout-outs, as I promised, at the start of the show here. So please excuse my pronunciation on on either names or locations, as they may be incorrect. So first of all, we've got Mika from Wedlingdon am Neckar. Hi, Mika! In Germany. Hi, Mika. Thank you very much. We've got Nabila from Jakarta in Indonesia. So glad you're listening. Thank you very much. We got Georgia from Chippenham in the UK. Thank you, Georgia. <laughs> we got Philip from Camberwell in the UK. Philip, you the man. We got Karen from Mountain View, which is in California in the United States. Yay, the US. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got Ashling from Montrose in Scotland. Hi, is it cold up there? <laughs> it's always cold in Scotland. <laughs> we got Rick from Ashburn in Virginia. Thank you, Rick. I wonder if you're like Rick from The Walking Dead. That's what I'm picturing when I'm picking, picturing That's Rick. That's so funny because I was thinking, That's you the, were thinking same the same thing. thing yeah. <laughs> Rick, I hope your neighbours are nicer than Rick's in The Walking Dead. I know, and hopefully that they don't stink. We got Isabella from, I'm going to say this wrong, Aarhus, Denmark. It's, it's spelled A-A-R-H-U-S in Denmark. Hello, thank you. Thanks, Isabella. Thank you very Very famous for bacon, Denmark. Really? Yep, yep. Bacon. Yeah, awesome bacon, Danish bacon. Okay, then. And then we got Jamie from Gimia Bay in Australia, spelled G-Y-M-E-A. Jamie, I don't know whether you're a male Jamie or a female Jamie, but either way, you are more than welcome, and thank you very, very much once again for listening. Thank you to all of you for listening to our podcast and for all of your shout out requests we do read every single request that we get um we are not a big organization you know it's just me and my wife doing this we are actually going to start to sub out some of this editing that is taking us absolutely ages to do um so hopefully that's going to give us a little bit more time to do some more research and spend more time on actual content of the show rather than spending all the time editing which we're doing at the moment Mm, yeah because there's so much people (laughs) You just don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many ums that have to be taken out and so many pauses and Bella farting every two minutes. Hey! Which obviously comes out on the microphone. <laughs> nah, that's your ass, not mine. And penis talk that we have to get rid of. Okay, that's me. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, once again, thank you very much, guys. Really do appreciate it. Keep them coming in and we love to see them. And it gives us that little boost because we, other than seeing the actual figures we are getting that actual contact with you guys, which is uh, sometimes sitting in front of a mic can be quite lonely, can't it? Mm. Yes, it is. It, it can be very lonely in front of a microphone. Definitely. Especially because you just have to look at me. Mm. <laughs> there with that mm again. 
<laughs> anyway, thanks again, guys. Please send in your requests for shout-outs or stories to weirdwackywonderfuloutlook.com and we will see you next time. Hey, Bigfoot, if you're listening, I know the number for dominoes. Tell me where you are. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Bye.